It's time for ROTD Weekend. I am burnt out and tired with all of the early school year stuff. I thought that the long weekend last weekend would help, and it kind of did for like a minute. And then I found myself at the school late three nights this week, and I just want to get home and put my feet up and watch TV. And I was thinking about what I was going to talk about at the beginning of the show, and I'm like, I can't just talk about TV to them. That's not cool. This is a food podcast podcast. And then I decided that I would try anyhow. So here goes. You know, back in the good old day of cable TV and like the monoculture where if there was a good show on, we'd all be watching it and talking about it. We'd watch it at the same time, you know, Wednesday at 9 p.m. Our evening entertainment slightly ruled by the TV guide schedule. But without that TV guide and set schedule and really without that smaller number of shows, smaller number of networks, smaller number of shows. We have to rely on other ways to find things to watch. I don't know about you, but I have very often in the last couple of years typed the words best comedy shows followed by the year. So right now, best comedy shows 2023 to try and get ideas of things to watch. I love a good comedy. So we turn to Google to find out what to watch, or we can turn to our communities with similar interests. And so I'm going to take this mushy brain, all I want to do is put my feet up and watch TV time to tell you about some of my favorite TV shows that are related to food and cooking. So I've got an assortment of things for you. I won't spend too much time talking about them because, well, if you are like me, you have possibly watched them already, but we'll find out, right? So some of them are documentaries. I'm starting with those. The first is Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat. I read the book a long time ago by Samin Nosrat, and the documentary series really does it justice. It's four episodes, one to each of those wonderful elements of food, fat, salt, acid, and heat. Beautifully shot, really, really wise and wonderful. That one is on Netflix, as is Chef's Table, another beautifully shot. This one is a docu-series with a whole bunch of episodes, and each one dives into the kitchen and the mind of one of the greatest chefs in the world. So it's just beautiful and really, really fascinating, honestly. And I'll just slip in here in this sort of documentary-style show, one that I want to watch that I have not watched yet that has another season coming is High on the Hog, How African-American Cuisine Transformed America. I am super, super excited about this one, and it is on my soon-to-watch list. So if you've already seen it, I would love to know. Go to the Facebook group and let me know if you've watched it, what you think. It's facebook.com slash groups slash recipe OTD. Heading into a very different direction, but definitely related to food. I really devoured the show Bad Vegan. Actually, the full title of the show gives you a little bit more of a sense of what it is. It's Bad Vegan Fame Fraud Fugitives. This is a documentary style show as well, but not so much going and learning about cooking and seeing beautiful food and learning techniques. This is the fall from grace of the famous vegan restaurant tour and all the crazy things that happened in her restaurant in her life 
during that fall. So those are all documentaries. Really, though, my favorite kind of show is more fictional. And so I am as obsessed with The Bear as everybody else is, but I am super behind. And it's because I watched season one last year when it came out, but Marty didn't watch it with me. And now that season two is getting all this hype, he does want to watch it. So now we're re-watching season one together so that we can watch season two together. And I'm loving season season one even more than I loved it last year. So if you have not yet watched season two, I say go back and watch season one as a rev up to season two, because it's totally worth it. If you have not watched it at all, you've got to. It is on Hulu. It is a fictional story about a professional kitchen. It's like a diner sandwich shop in Chicago. And the owner of the shop has passed away. And his brother, who is a chef, has come in to take over the restaurant. So it's chef meets diner restaurant. And it's gritty and funny and sad. And it's just wonderful. And I mean, if you've ever worked in a kitchen, it is so spot on. It is tense. It is crazy. It's hectic. Things go wrong, but things also go right. They're like a family in there sometimes, you know, it's it's so good. And then my final recommendation, which is not a show about food, but a show where food shows up quite a bit, is Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And I mean, there's a lot of like weird gross food in that show. There's a lot of yogurt when it comes to Terry in particular. And then, of course, the character Boyle is like a home fancy chef guy and he's he's got all kinds of crazy ideas he's always bringing weird food into the police department this is a police comedy but i am going to tell you if you haven't seen it before my favorite favorite episode of this show my kids favorite episode as well is season one episode 16 called the party where the officers head over to captain holt's house to celebrate his birthday and Boyle meets a fellow food lover. And in that episode is probably my favorite line from the show ever. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but it has to do with crab. So those are my foodie show recommendations, but I do have one more for you. If your brain is also mush, if the back to school season or just that we're entering the beginning of the holiday season, just about if that has you wanting to just put your feet up and watch TV. I have one more for you. And this show is inspired by my guest today. That's right. Today I'm talking to Gabby Moskowitz, who is the inspiration behind the show Young and Hungry. I'm definitely talking to Gabby about the show and how it came about and how it ended up being based loosely on her life. And we are also talking about her most recent project, which involves one of my favorite topics, cooking burnout and how to conquer it with a great list. And so for one more foodie TV recommendation and more, let's listen to my conversation with Gabby Moskowitz. Gabby, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, I'm excited to talk with you because it is not often that I get to talk with somebody who inspired a show, a TV show. <laughs> so how can you tell us how this even happened? Yes. So let me walk you back to 2011. 
So I had been blogging. My blog, Broke Ass Gourmet, um, which is all about uh, high quality, low cost recipes that are always less than $20. And um, I started it right around the time the, of the 2008 stock market crash. I had been blogging for a few years. I just gotten my first book deal for my first book, The Broke Ass Gourmet Cookbook. And so things were going great. I was pretty excited about life. And I got this out of the blue email from, um, I don't think this is how most people break into TV. Um, so I feel really, really lucky from a TV agent at Creative Artist Agency, CAA, which is a, a huge agency. I, of course, had never heard of them because I was not really uh, paying attention to that kind of stuff. But he sent this email. He said, I, I really love your blog. I think that it could uh, make a, a great basis for a TV show. I'm thinking maybe like a, a half hour comedy. And I said, uh, sure. He said, you know, have you ever thought about something like that? And I remember thinking to myself, no, sir, I have never thought about that, but <laughs> I would certainly love to talk with you. So I went out to LA. We had a great conversation. He was really nice. And he said, you know, let's just stay in touch. I can't make any promises, but I think that what you're doing is great. So several months go by and uh, I actually started dating my now husband in that interim. And I remember on our first trip away together, this agent called me and he said, I I'd like for you to go meet with some production companies because there are some people who are really interested in this idea. And my then boyfriend was really confused. He said, who are you talking to? And then I had to say, oh, they might make a TV show about me. I, I don't know. It's probably not going to happen. So I met with a bunch of production companies and eventually there was a production company that really liked me and called the Tannenbaum Company. They were really famous for the show Two and a Half Men, which was super, super successful. And they really liked me and I liked them. And we decided to do a production deal. So gosh, it was about a close to a year went by and we shot a pilot. And it went really, it was very successful. Everybody liked it. It tested well. And it was such a surreal experience. It was a highly, highly, I should say, if you've seen the show, the show is called Young and Hungry. It is a highly fictionalized, like, it's not even really a version of my life. It's about a chef named Gabby who lived in San Fran lives in San Francisco, which I did at the time. But she's also like dating her millionaire boss. And I was not doing that. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but uh, it, it was so much fun. And then the show got picked up. And I remember I was working at a startup in a, a food tech startup in San Francisco, when I found out the pilot was going to get shot. And that was it was like this crazy moment in the office, I got a phone call and started screaming at my desk. And then when I found out that the show was going to get picked up and actually go to series, my husband and I, well, at the time we were just boyfriend and girlfriend, we were coming home. We had gotten stuck in Denver. We were visiting his parents in Wisconsin and we had gotten stuck in Denver because our flight got snowed out. It was inclement weather. And uh, we landed finally in San Francisco after hours and hours and hours in the airport. And I had like 30 missed calls and the deadline had announced that the show was getting picked up while we were in the air. And wow. it was really exciting. And then it ran for five years. I got to do a cameo, which was really fun. And I served as a producer. That is so exciting. And I <laughs> surreal. Congratulations. Like what a, an amazing thing. So you are not so G Gabby Diamond is the, the character name. So she is not really based on you. I mean, uh, who, there are things about her. She uh, it's when we first wrote the pilot, she was supposed to be a food blogger. And 
So that was going to be a little bit more me. And then anyone who has been involved in TV knows everything goes through many, many, many edits, many iterations. And we ended up making her a personal chef, which is definitely something that I did. But, you know, I would say her ins- the inspiration, the impetus for the show came from me, mm-hmm. but it was definitely not the Gabby Moskowitz story, w- which as much as I love the Gabby Moskowitz story, I don't know if it would make amazing TV. But what about in terms of, so she's cooking for this rich boss where she is uh-huh. not rich and you have this whole budget cooking slant. Did that make its way in at all? Yeah, yeah, it definitely did. And in fact, there's a scene, well, I should say I did do personal chef work for many people in the tech industry. I did not date any of them, unfortunately. So there's a scene. Well, she's broke. That's definitely a thing. Uh, Gabby Diamond being broke is a consistent theme and also a consistent theme of my 20s and early 30s as well. And I will say my blog, Broke Ask Gourmet, did make it into the show because there's a scene in the third or the sixth episode of the third season it's the the episode is called young and rachel ray because there's also rachel ray's in the show too (laughs) and in the and they at the end of the there's like the very last scene gabby has gabby diamond has had a food truck that fans of the show will remember that it's just not working out and so she sells it to someone else and the person she sells it to is me the real real gabby <laughs> and the, the meeting of the two gabbies in the show and the truck says broke ass gourmet in big letters on it so i was proud of, of that getting into the show that's really really cool so you have this ongoing streak of broke ass cooking i guess <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> uh, and that is continuing now so now like you are no longer um broke in your 20s you are now mm-hmm. um, a mom with kids I'm a gr- <laughs> yeah i mean i would not i would not say that i'm you know rich ass gourmet anymore or at all but i'm a little more i am not a young 20 something just trying to scrape by i'm a mother of two um, have a husband and a house and all that stuff. And so that component is a little bit easier, the, you know, getting by. But I also, I don't know if you've been to the grocery store lately, but things are so expensive. And mm-hmm. I had, to be honest, I had sort of taken a little pause on food writing. I wrote a novel that I'm working on selling right now. And I think because I was in that phase of life with little kids, my kids are now five and two and a half. So still little, but in the early, early, early days, I barely had the energy to get food on the table for my family, much less creating food content. And so it was just, it worked better for me to, when I did have time to work, to write fiction. But as this grocery crisis has ballooned, I have been more and more compelled not only to be more thoughtful about how I grocery shop, but also to help other people because, you know, my my original mission was to, I've always said, I want to shorten the distance that people feel between themselves and cooking the food that they love. And I think recently we've had a, a reason that that gap has been widened. And it's because people who previously could afford good food can't. And people who were struggling to afford food before are, are having even more trouble. And so I'm, I really want to help improve that if I can. And have you come up with any ways to help with that? I have. Yeah. So my current project is called One List Wonder. And the idea is a week of meals, a single budget conscious grocery list, and little to no waste at the end of the week. Because food waste, I believe it's 40% of the food waste in the United States comes from individual homes. Mm-hmm. And 
so much of it has to do, in my opinion, about uh, the way that food is packaged. So, you know, often greens, things come in packages that are not designed to give them long shelf life, but then mm-hmm. people are also busy. And so if you don't get to everything, or if you if you go to the store, if you've got a recipe, you go to the store, you buy everything you need for the recipe, but then you don't have a plan for everything else, for the leftovers mm-hmm. of what you mm-hmm. But when, for when you're done with the recipe, so often that just sits and wilts in the fridge. So your good intentions of making this great meal for yourself, your family are awesome. But then you end up with all this food waste and it's just flushing money down the toilet and it's not environmentally sound either. So I want to make it easier. So every week I publish on onelistwonder.com and I also have a sub stack. I publish a menu and grocery list. So um, the menu is linked to recipes from from my blog, from other blogs. And then I have a comprehensive grocery list with every single thing you'll need, how much you'll need. And I start with the pantry list because the backbone of eating well without spending a lot of money and always being prepared so that you don't need to go out to the store and buy a lot is having a really well-stocked pantry or non-perishables. Uh, having good stuff on hand really helps. So I've got both my my standing pantry list on the website mm-hmm. and I have the pantry items that I'm calling for that week so that you can just look at one list, look at what you need, see what you've got on hand already, and then go to the store. So that's what I'm working on right now. And I'm really excited about it. So far, the response has been positive. So where did your system for developing these grocery list meal plans come from? Like, it, I think there's more to it than what you've told us. So yeah. <laughs> so uh, when I was, gosh, in 2006, I was dating a park ranger, a Yosemite National Park ranger, and he was a seasonal ranger. So he lived in this little tiny cabin in the middle of the woods, and he would be there for four, it was from like May to October or something like that. And I went to go visit him. Once uh, I I met him while I was working at a camp nearby. And after the camp season ended, I went back to Yosemite to go visit him. And I opened his pantry and there was just cans of soup. There was nothing in there. And I said, is this what you're eating? And he said, well, I I don't have any money. The nearest grocery store is like 70 miles away. I don't know what I'm doing anyway. So yeah, that's what I'm eating. And I said, I I really think we can do better. So I I went home and I, this was before I was writing about food professionally. And I, in many ways, I think this is kind of what started me off in that direction. Mm -hmm. I made him this little book. So I came up with, this was before we all had iPhones and could take a, a photo of, of a grocery list in a cookbook or or have something online that we take to the store. So I made perforated grocery lists. I poked pens, like I used a pen to poke holes around each list. And each list corresponded with five recipes that all came from the same ingredient and, you know, presented it to him the next time we saw each other. And the idea was go to the grocery store once a, once a month, maybe once every couple of weeks, stock up on all this stuff. And then this is how you'll feed yourself when you're in the freezing mountains by yourself. And he loved it. And he credited it not only with saving him from, you know, uh, eating nothing but sodium laden cans of soup, but also with kind of teaching him how to cook. So I never stopped thinking about it. I always kind of held on to this idea as something that I knew could work on a bigger platform. And this just seemed like the time. It seemed like the time when, uh, especially the time in my life when I don't have a lot of time to go to the store. I don't have a lot of time to cook. I wanted to simplify things for myself and the world seemed to really need it. So One Less Wonder came from that. 
That's really, really great. And it goes way back and seems to have influenced so much of what you've done since then. I, I love that. Absolutely. I want to go back to something you were saying a little bit earlier about how you, you took a break from developing recipes uh, as much to write fiction. And it, this like cooking burnout, essentially, is, is what you're going through. And I know you've thought about this a little bit. Do you have ideas for us if we're going through cooking burnout? What What can help us get through it? I do. I have a lot of ideas. So beyond, you know, subscribing to the One List Wonder Substack and I'll, where I can send you a, a grocery list and menu every week, obviously you should do that. But beyond that, let me give you some of my ideas. So the first thing, one thing I love to do is to schedule takeout in the middle of the week. So when you know that you just have to get through Monday and Tuesday, and then on Wednesday, you get the night off and you get to eat something delicious from a restaurant you love, mm -hmm. then when it's Thursday and Friday and then the weekend, it's not so daunting. So that's one thing I love to do. Also, I'm a really big fan of prepping ingredients, not meals. So sometimes it, with the best of intentions, when people make a bunch of, you know, when they do meal prep, whether it's for their own individual lunches or for their family, while it's nice to pull a casserole out of the freezer and put it in the oven and then not have to think about dinner, you're not necessarily interested in eating it. Mm -hmm. But when you've got prepped ingredients, then you can still use that creativity. You can still feel like you're eating something fresh. And opening the refrigerator, for me, it's a lot easier to get inspiration when my vegetables and fruits are cleaned and prepped. And while I love those TikTok restock videos of people with perfectly beautiful refrigerators, and, and I find it really inspiring, it does not really need to be that way. You can wash the strawberries and put them back in the strawberry container. They'll be perfectly fine. I also love to shred up, uh, cook and shred chicken. Because mm -hmm. because it's not just for salads. It's also like if you've got cooked shredded chicken, you can put that in in a sauce and serve it as tacos. You can put it in a in a curry sauce, mm -hmm. and uh, you are just so much closer to getting dinner on the table and so much less burned out. And the whole making a whole meal is so much more doable when you've already got some of its components already prepped. So the other thing is having a few back pocket meals that you can prepare quickly and simply without having to do a lot of thinking. Mine are, I love to make Chinese steamed eggs. I actually, I have the recipe on, on my blog. It's like a custardy, custardy steamed eggs. I make a big pan of it and we have it with rice and then some sort of a vinegary salad, usually cucumber salad. I love to do a high protein pasta, like chickpea or lentil based pasta with Rouse, arrabbiata or or marinara. We we're a spice loving family, but the marinara is really great too. You can use any tomato sauce. I'm just partial to rouse. And then then I also like to do roasted chicken thighs with. Uh, I love to do potatoes in the air fryer. Mm -hmm. um, you could do them in the oven too, and then a salad. It's like there's nothing more delicious than a good roasted chicken thighs. Cook quickly. They I think they're the most bang for your buck. Mm -hmm. both literally in terms of how uh, inexpensive they are compared to other pieces of chicken, but also they just cook quickly. The skin is crispy, delicious. So that uh, I know that I can just reach for those ideas. Mm -hmm. And I always make sure that I have ingredients for that on hand. And if nothing else, start with a pot of rice, get the pot of rice cooking, and then open the fridge and wait for inspiration. I often have some of my best ideas when I already know that mm -hmm. the starch, the longest cooking component of the meal is, is already taken care of. And then mm -hmm. I go from there. Those are, those are great tips. I love them all. I, the scheduling, the takeout is something that I am, I've made note of to do myself because getting through the middle of the week and knowing like that, that is brilliant. The other thing I, I want to talk a little bit more about with you is 
I think the cooking burnout thing gets addressed by whatever companies, whatever, whatever whoever is out there, you, you know, the Blue Apron. I don't want to, nobody's bad. Everything's fine. But like the, the solution seems to be like, have you not cook or have you cook way less or like this, like make something for the freezer that you could just warm up later. And I think for those of us who love to cook, that doesn't solve the problem, right? Like it's mm-hmm. kind, you're kind. It's kind of like, oh, you're burnt out, so just don't really do as much or do. And it's like, no, no, I want to do it, but I want to still like it. Or do you know what I mean? Absolutely, absolutely. If if you think about exercise, if you're burnt out on, you know, cardio, that doesn't mean that you stop doing cardio. It means maybe you try a different kind of cardio. Mm-hmm. It means, you know, if you've if you've been running on the treadmill and you're starting to get burnt out, it means maybe a couple times a week you try swimming or maybe you do yoga, but you don't stop exercising. Right. So I think by that same logic, the idea that you would just stop cooking, it's such a slippery slope. It's so easy to just start, you know, getting prepared meals. And and I, I like the the idea behind Blue Apron and, and things like that. But I also think that it doesn't quite solve the problem and not having to be creative. In my experience, it seems a little counterintuitive. If you're somebody who loves cooking, the creativity is part of it. I genuinely feel like I'm making that that's my art. I'm making art every night. And when you taking that away from me, isn't going to make me feel better. So I think finding ways that you can be creative with perhaps a little less labor Mm -hmm. or a little, maybe a little bit less forethought, which honestly the, the best, best, best way is to refine your skills. Because mm-hmm. when you feel confident about your skills in the kitchen, you don't have to think mm-hmm. as much. And in some, that might even just mean having eight to 10 meals you feel, or, or let's pull it back, maybe five to six meals you feel really confident about, and then maybe start to add some spins. So mm-hmm. like if you make a great lasagna and you make it with, let's say, spinach and turkey, there's no reason that you can't try a different protein, a different vegetable. Maybe you do pesto instead of marinara. And once you really, really master those techniques and you start to have fun, the burnout kind of takes care of itself in, in my experience. I love that. And I want less burnout for sure. So I'm definitely going to be taking some of your advice. Gabby, this has been so good. Can you tell people where they can get more of you if they want to hear more about your ideas? Absolutely. I am on Instagram and threads and Twitter, uh, or I guess X as we're calling it now, Um, (laughs) uh, pretty much everywhere at Gabby Moskowitz, G-A-B-I-M-O-S-K-O-W-I-T-Z. I I am also on onelistwonder.com and brokeassgourmet.com. And I've got, as I mentioned, One List Wonder has a Substack, and you can sign up for that at gabbymoskowitz.substack.com. And if you search my name on Amazon, I've written four cookbooks, so you can find me there too. That's fantastic. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. You've got to go check out that show now, right? Young and Hungry. And check out Gabby Moskowitz on Instagram. And head over to onelistwonder.com to see those amazing grocery lists that will help you conquer your burnout. And yes, it is true that I am a little bit burnt out right now. But I have something great going on this week to look forward to. And so I think that's going to help. And the thing I have to look forward to, it is both my and Mark 
Marty's birthday. We were born one year and one day apart. And so every year we celebrate together sort of the whole week. I mean, we're working, but we're doing special things to make the week extra nice. And so we're going out for dinner. We've got a picnic plan. Then later on, we're going out for dinner with my kids as well. I guess we're going out for dinner a lot. Yes, those are my special occasion favorite things to do. So that's hardly surprising, right? But because it is my birthday week, I don't have that much going on in the kitchen. A couple of things though. I am working on a ham gravy. Because the gravies on my site do so well, I've been asked a number of times over the years for a recipe to make gravy from like a baked ham. And I've tried twice now and neither one was like really as rich and delicious as I wanted and kind of a little salty. So really my goal for this week is to perfect that ham gravy. I've got a few different things that I'm trying and you know, I will tell you once I've figured it out. As to what is new on the site on Cook the Story, we have a really, really amazing steak quesadilla recipe going up. I have done the testing and and figured out the best way to make steak quesadillas. They are the best, hands down, so good. I have also redone the 13 bean soup recipe on Cook the Story. So that has been fully retested and tweaked to make it just a little bit easier. It was a little bit long in the ingredient list section, and there were a couple of extra steps that I didn't think were necessary. So we trimmed that down. And also the cream of chicken soup recipe on Cook the Story, I have fixed that up. It was a little bit heavy. It served four people and called for a full cup of cream. I'm not sure what I was thinking back then, but I have redone that. It is now down to a half a cup of heavy cream, but I also tested it with whole milk and with canned non-fat evaporated milk, and both of those worked. So I've lightened up that soup quite a bit, not to make it like light necessarily, but I just thought I was looking at it one day, I was going to make it. I was like, oh no, that is way too much cream for us for dinner. You know what I mean? Oh, I'll also tell you that in retesting the cream of chicken soup and the 13 bean soup, I did new pictures for them. I am so proud of the pictures that I took. I know it's so weird. I get so excited about this, but I'm just really happy with them. Go and check them out on Cook the Story. The links will, of course, be in the show notes for this podcast episode or go to cookthestory.com and search for cream of chicken, search for bean soup. You will find them there. I'd love to know what you think of the pictures. And I took videos as well. So those will be coming up on TikTok at some point in the next couple weeks. I'm not sure. I'm a little bit behind on the video editing. And that brings me to to what I'm talking about on recipe of the day this week. What have we got in store? And you know, I'm looking at this schedule, the calendar in front of me, and I think I might have to shift some things around because I have something kind of boring scheduled for my own birthday. Oh, or maybe I should leave it. It's a delicious dish. It's a farro with cream cheese and spinach side dish that I love, but it just doesn't say birthday. Oh, well, I, I'm just going to leave it. It's too hard to make a new schedule. <laughs> so you definitely have the farro and cream cheese and spinach side dish coming up this week and a beef and farro soup. My best crispy pan fried chicken thighs, an instant pot chicken parmesan dish. Oh, and I'll be telling you more about those steak quesadillas in detail this week as well. And there's more. There's a new recipe out every single morning for you to listen to. So make sure you are subscribed. You can do that 
that by going to cookthestory.com slash ROTD and you can click one of the podcast app buttons there, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and that'll help you get subscribed or wherever you're listening right now, search for recipe of the day and hit follow or subscribe and then you will get a new recipe from me every single morning so that you have inspiration about what you can make that day or in the days ahead. I'm helping you with those ideas. It's the hardest part sometimes, right? So that is the show for today. I will put all the links to the things that I've talked about in the show notes for this podcast episode. You should definitely make sure to check out Gabby. Go over to onelistwonder.com and see those grocery lists. I'll be back with you again tomorrow morning. I hope you're having a wonderful weekend. I am Christine Pittman from cookthestory.com, thecookful.com, the all new chicken cookbook, and from this podcast recipe of the day. Let's get cooking.